Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So what happens if the Dalek is back? Exterminate. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Hello, Josh. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Good. This is now the second attempt of us trying to record. Apparently, I sound like a Dalek. Go on, we didn't want to mention it, but now... I've- <laughs> I brought it into the, the mix. It was very amusing. Hello, Josh. Exterminate. Maybe that's the key. We need to have a guest presenter. And this week it will be one of the Daleks. I actually don't watch Doctor Who. I don't I know. Don't. Apart from Daleks, that's all I know. Yeah. Daleks and Darth Vader. No, that was something else. That was Star Wars. Well, you're looking uh, really like chilled, relaxed, happy. My What's children that? aren't here. It's amazing. <laughs> what about your wife? She's also not here. I miss her a bit, but the, we've got a um, quite a nice arrangement with my in-laws where um, over the summer they take our children to their boat stroke yacht um, on a Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. So it gives us at least two days a week to work during the summer holidays. Fantastic. So, yeah, you look like refreshed. It's been amazing. I slept in today. I had a leisurely breakfast. I took the dog for a walk and I even did some work. Amazing. Have you been uh, having a few late night drinks or anything like that? No, because no one wanted to go with me for late night drinks. Yeah, sorry about that. It's when it's all very well me having all this free time. But then if most of my friends are married and have children, you, you can't coordinate every person's in-laws to have their kids on their boat. Yeah. At the start of each week. It's really hard. Luckily, none of them have boats. Yeah, luckily, you are a respectable husband and father. Mm. Otherwise, you'd be having your girlfriend around. I would, yeah. And yeah. we've got a ring doorbell. So. No, we should what, be doing that break. What does that mean? It can always be checked. Let's say, oh, um, I see, yeah. I see. Oh, yeah, that must have caused problems for a lot of... Uh, I was going to say infidels. What's the <laughs> word for someone? That- Infidelity. If that's reduced the rate of cheating or... I don't know, Amazon's kind of, there's a whole market that the Ring doorbell can't reach. I think there's a gap in the market here. It's like a cheating uh, option where you can get rid of it or it has like a fake thing. Like an incognito tab for your Ring doorbell. What's an incognito tab? You don't know what an incognito tab is? No, what's that? Ask your kids when we're older. Uh, So, Mark, apart from looking uh, really good, what else have you been happening? I won an award, another award. Same awards. Yeah, you know, ever since you said you never win awards, you can't stop winning them. I just can't stop them. Well, I've won, I got named the Freelance Journalist of the Year at the Headline Money Awards for 2022. Amazing, well done. Um, Thank you. I'd also won in 2021. um, You retained your title. I retained my title and it felt, the first one felt a bit, well, I shouldn't say it, it felt a bit like a sympathy vote because the articles were all about my dad passing away and all the issues with 
council tax and selling of property. It was a bit like so, when the guy wins the Oscar for like portraying a disabled person. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, thanks, Dad. You're you know, you're dead, but I won an award. But yeah. then yeah, I won it off the back of articles that didn't even mention him. So that, Dad, you're still dead, and I still won an award. <laughs> you're still yeah. Didn't ring him back. Well done. And um, I thanks. saw on uh, LinkedIn that you didn't actually get presented with a trophy. Now, this was the issue. They had a comedian whose first role on stage was to come up and say, oh, welcome to the awards. We've lost your trophies. But she made a sort of joke out of it where she said, um, it's so hot outside because it was one of the hottest days of the year when the awards were. She said, it's been so hot, the awards have melted. So instead, we're going to give you bottles of wine, bottles of Prosecco, which... what? The, sorry, the, tr- the trophy melted or that was a joke? That was a joke because I have since okay. received a trophy. They said the issue was something to do with Brexit and delivery, <laughs> which I Brexit, don't understand. Yeah, because yeah, I got my trophy last year in the midst of a supply chain crisis in September 2021. And, and what's your trophy Brexit. made out of? Well, some sort of metal. I've have you polished it? I have, no, and I should do because last year's one is full of fingerprints. Okay. All those women who keep coming around, keep touching it. Very good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. How's your? I think you've been up. You picked up a couple of gongs since the last awards, haven't you? Yeah, I coughed. I coughed top of my head. I can't remember what they are. Was oh, so many. Of, no, I would have brought the information with me. But uh, no, yeah, we're doing all right with those. Thank you. And um, good. Where where do you display your awards? Um, some of them are around the office, and then we just try and put a note on the website that we've won or shortlisted or whatever it may be. Yeah, the thing I don't. Well, it's obviously nice to get, and you get all these. Um, logos you can put on your um, email signature but the trouble is it has the date on them so you need to keep winning every year otherwise because I've now got 20, 20, freelance journalists of year 2021 and 22 but now I need to win it every year because otherwise it's going to get to like 2025 and if I haven't won anything my people are going to think what's happened what's happened what's he been doing for three years yeah you do have to keep going for them yeah because um, I, I, I sound some see when people have right we were I don't know. I'm looking out the window. We were train station of the year 1999. You think, what's yeah. been going on the last 20 or just? So you're right. Yeah. Keep on top of it. Or get rid of them. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I like that better. Should we go on to our meaty subject? Yeah. Have you got, yeah? That meaty subject. Lovely. I wanted to talk Filet about... Flaming or? Flaming or. In the past on this podcast, we've um, spoken about index linked products, particularly index linked insurance products. Yeah. Um, and the idea of these is that your level of protection increases in line with the cost of living. Okay. Um, which I think is all well and good. It's never really occurred to me how important it is since, I guess, the last few months when inflation has been rising to record levels and is now, as we speak, at 9.7% or something. So it's costly. And the argument is that now you need more insurance to cover your bills if you can't work or... Um, you pass away. What I'm worried about now is that um, insurance isn't going to be your only bill. And I'd never really thought of this about this before, but the cost of living is going up. And so we now have the option of paying higher premiums to cover to get more insurance coverage. But at the same time, we also have to pay for other bills, yeah. which are benefiting us now, such, such as energy, food and transport, whereas these insurance ones aren't going to benefit us until the future of it may not benefit us at all. Is that right? Is it, or should people, should that be something I people mean, cut be, back? Being a journalist yes. who wants to elicit a conversation 
you shouldn't have had a closed question. Is that right where I can give you a yes or no answer? No, I, let's discuss. <laughs> um, discuss, that's better. I think, let's, I think, but let's break it down because otherwise it's going to be a very short conversation. Yeah. Tell, tell me, let's start with what an index-linked or inflation-linked insurance product is. Yes. So sh- the easiest way to explain it is maybe by giving an example. Okay. Um, you have, not Mark Schoffman, one has a life insurance policy that is set up to pay their family £30,000 a year in the event that they die. And they've got that for the next 20 years. If it's a normal policy, so a non-inflation linked policy, I'll use the hands because I know you use them a lot. Um, The person dies today, it means they would get £30,000 a year every year for the next 20 years. The problem with that is that £30,000 today, here come my hands again, they're not the same as £30,000 in the future because of inflation. The cost of living goes up each year. So with an inflation-linked policy, what you would do is you'd say it's £30,000 today, but each year that £30,000, that benefit will go up in line with inflation. So to make the numbers very easy, if inflation is 10%, Next year, instead of paying out £30,000, it will pay your family £33,000 and so on and so forth for the 20 years. And along with that, what happens is the premium that was £100 a month, if inflation has been 10%, next year is £110 and that goes up along with inflation. So that's hopefully explaining what an inflation-linked policy is. So what happens? What happens if, 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 oh, the Dalek is back. Oh no! Oh no! Extermination. Because it's still bad. Still bad. Yeah, I mean, it might be just at my end, but uh, yeah, it sounds terrible, Mark. On the bottom, this is Dalek. 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 Yeah, we go. Yeah, we go. What? What? Dalek. Dalek. Inflation. I mean, you know what's going to be the funniest thing is if everyone else is hearing you normally and it's my earphones, and I'm just in hysterics at this voice that no one else can hear. Um, what the rate, rate of inflation? Inflation slow, slow. Exterminate rate of inflation. What if it falls, drops, drops? What if inflation falls or drops? Yeah, yeah. Um, most policies, I think, off the top of my head, most policies will have like a, a minimum that says they don't go down each year; they just stay in line with inflation. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, just stay level if there is no inflation. So they sort of have a, a deflation clause. There probably are some that go down as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm asking these questions because I've received letters in the post recently about my own policies. And so it will say inflation has gone up by this much. And as a result, your, you need, your cover's increased to this much and your premium will be this much. Yeah. Which is fine. But also... There's two type, different types of inflation, aren't there? There's a retail prices index and a consumer prices index. Yeah, I'll let you explain the difference between the two. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> well, as far as I'm aware, I think the um, insurance policies are linked to the retail prices index, which is lower than the consumer price index, which takes in more measures, including housing and all the other bills you have to pay. Do you remember but we did a hard. podcast a while ago about how they're not, actually linked yes should we remind our dear listeners about that or uh, the ones that have never well i mean i can't remember where the episode is worth going back but should we remind people about that if you can off the top of your head 
Yeah. Or if you want to come in. I can't sort of remember the whole content of the podcast, but the in essence, what we were saying was that the inflation-linked policies that are supposed to go up with inflation, actually the premiums go up by more than that. So it might be that the benefit that you get that you receive in the event of that death goes up with inflation, so let's say 10%, but the amount that you pay the premium goes up with inflation times one5 Yes. So I gave the example of it went from 100 to 110, when in fact it would go from 100 to 115, but the benefit you get would only go up by 10%. Hopefully that's not too wordy uh, a reminder of the difference. Yeah. But I think that gets to the nub of what I'm trying to say, because... What are you trying to say, Mark? What What are you trying to say? So there's this big debate about inflation and the cost of living now, isn't there? And um, bills are going up and... um, Depending who you believe, some economists will say, well, it's um, a consequence of COVID and all the financial support and the economy's opening up and the supply chain crisis. So it's a, it's a supply side issue. It will all mellow out eventually. It's temporary because we just, we're just waiting for our economies to normalize. And on the other side, people are saying um, we're set for disaster. Um, companies can't afford to boost wages. There's not enough people. Uh, oil prices are sky high because of war in Russia, not no, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, oops. Um, so this is this going to go forever, or at least a long time. If you go for the first theory, yeah, you'd be a bit annoyed about your. Well, I think you'd be a bit annoyed about your insurance premiums going up by whatever the RPI is plus one point five percent. If this rise in inflation is only temporary. Why would you be annoyed? Because now you're paying quite a high rate because the cost of living measure has gone up. And as you said, often they don't go down. But then if next year or towards the end of next year, things start going down, you're paying a premium based on an RPI rate that was sky high, but costs have since fallen. Yeah, so you, I it's, think, it's as if you're overinsured. So it's a, fair, it's a fair comment. There's a couple of things I would say. The first one is you're assuming on that side of the argument that we're going to have deflation, which is when prices actually come down, as opposed to normally what we have is just a slowdown in inflation. So prices always tend to go up, but Mm. some years it goes up more than others. So if we actually have prices coming down again, which would be nice, but I don't think necessarily is going to happen, then that argument makes sense. if it's just if it's just a slowdown in inflation, so next year rather than prices go up ten percent, they go up one percent, then that argument probably doesn't doesn't work. There was a second part to the question, but it was so long I can't remember what it was. <laughs> um, now, are you, are you overinsured at, at yeah. that point? So, well, you're not. So, yeah, so it ties in with that. So, using the example we gave of. 30, uh, do we say 30,000 a year has become 33,000 a year? Well, if that's what things cost now, then no, you're still at the right, the right level. It's only if then your expenses, rather than being 33,000 next year, are 31 and a half that you might say, well, I'm a bit overinsured. But from experience, I've never really had a client who's claimed on their policy that said, oh, I'm overinsured. You know, I've never had a widow that said, my husband's left me too much money or someone has got ill that said it's paid me out too much here take a bit back 
So I, so I don't think anyone's ever necessarily overinsured, but on the flip side of it, you might feel, well, my premium's a bit higher than I want it to be. I'm paying a bit too much mm. for insurance. And interestingly, what I've noticed recently, we tend to review our clients' protection policies when there's a, a reason to. So a remortgage, uh, another child, or they've just contacted us and said, something's happened, can we, we look at it? And some of the policies now that have been inflation linked, the premiums are lower if we cancel the policy and put in place a new one at the same level of cover because the premiums have gone up by inflation times one and a half or whatever it is, but the cover's only gone up by the inflation level. Does that make sense? So that just sounds like an argument for getting everyone to um, abandon their policies and start again. Well, no, necessarily. That's not for everyone. Some people can't get insurance again because of their health conditions have changed. Mm. Some people, because of their age, it makes a massive difference. But for some people, it has been better to cancel it and start again, which you know, which which we've done for some people. But never cancel it until the new one's in place, just in case. Of course. But what and what else can you do if you think you are paying too much for your insurance? Um, there are some providers who are offering payment holidays at the moment. So if you're struggling, well, first thing, if if it's one of our clients or someone that wants to be a client of ours, give us a call and we'll try and help you out there. But if you don't have an advisor and you deal with everything yourself, contact your insurer because some of them are um, sort of allowing payment holidays on these things. Because you do, I do, right when I do my personal finance journalism, we do write about shopping around for your broadband and phone bills and we used to write about shopping around for energy and your kind of car insurance and that sort of thing but yeah you don't usually hear about seeing if you can get better deals on your critical illness or your income protection or life insurance no well it's slightly different because the the the, the things like the broadband tend to be yearly like like contracts whereas the mm. your life insurance the things like that are like a, a 20 30 40 year agreement so you can always check at every point but it's not the same type of thing that you have to review it every year because the provider jacks up the the prices the, the life insurance or whatever it is you know from the outset pretty much what the terms are going to be do you think there's a risk that people will start rejecting their inflation linked increases because you can do that can't you yeah i think and some uh, that might be sensible for some people but if the 10 percent increase is too much they might they might not take it one year other people, on the other hand, will be delighted. They might think, well, I've always been a bit underinsured. I can't get insurance now because of my health. So the fact that they're bumping up 10% is uh, a Brucey bonus. And I think you said to me once on a previous podcast that if you reject the increase once, you won't get offered it again. I probably didn't say that. I probably said that they have a certain number of years that you're allowed to reject it before they okay. don't offer it to you again. So, yeah, you're correct. If, if you... Each insurer will have their own rules. Some will say, if you don't take it this year, you can never have an increase again. And some will say, um, you're allowed to can't, uh, not take it one or two years in a row. You've been very good with your hands since I mentioned it. Are you sitting on them? No, I've got them below the camera. Yeah, I don't okay. know what my hands, where they are. Um, well, what's that metal pole behind you? Sort of like leaning in front of your books. Oh, this is a broken fan. The... Um, Cost of living crisis has hit us badly here. Just as we needed fans during the heat wave, there's a they broke. But um, yeah, it's my biggest fan. That's why I should have gone. Can we do that again, please? Don't do it again. from the top. <laughs> uh, 
what I know, I think I know the answer to this next question, but how, how do you what? The, the answer is four. How do you convince uh, someone who may look at their bills now and think, oh, I can scrap insurance for the next few years. I need to focus on everything else. Four. <laughs> um, well, hopefully I don't need to convince them. Most people who have the policies, it's because they, they realise the need and the, the value of it. If you are genuinely struggling, you you probably need the policies even more because you're saying, well, I can't afford to pay my expenditure. So God forbid something does happen that you lose your income or you die, whatever it may be. The problem is exacerbated even even more. Well, that's, I guess, the argument there. But we'd probably, we'd, we'd maybe have a look and see if there's an alternative option, something with lower premiums that you're more comfortable with. But you're right, it's, it's, for, for some people, it could be a big problem. But then on the flip side, is there also a risk that people may be more tempted by these low-cost insurance companies that will put Facebook adverts out saying get life insurance for a pound, that sort of thing, where you're sort of going direct and you may not be getting the full financial planning offering? Yeah, you've got to be careful. Um, I suppose it's not just with protection policies, but anything like on social media that it, it looks a bit too good to be true. Um Try not to cut corners. Try and speak to someone professional, um, because you only find out when it's too late. If if you made a bad decision, you die. You call them up to claim, and you know there's no one behind the number or the Facebook page has disappeared or whatever it may be. So, be vigilant at all times. Okay. Okay, Mark. Is that the end? Well, that's all I could think of. That's all the insurance you related. You your brain. I've emptied my brain of insurance issues. Your um, so we'll change the subject. Your beard's looking much sort of thicker than normal. Have you done something different there? I just um, I don't know. Stop very manly. Some of it is it? Thank you. Yeah, suits you. Yeah, thanks. And that's all we've got time for. Tune in next week, next time for a beard update. Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. penny.